y'all. Do I have a good episode for you and your listening pleasures. This was so good. This interaction was just so great. Um, We are talking with Astro Domina, and you'll hear all about her in this upcoming episode. But I just wanted to tell you about how I met her because I thought it was just just so unfucking canny how life works. So my good friend RJ was helping me find a car and we were going to go to this place and look at this car. But he was like, first, I got to drop off my friend's flippers that she left. And I was like, okay, cool. So we go to this girl's, you know, Airbnb she's staying at. It's so nice. And she opens the door and she's just a beautiful young girl and she looks so familiar to me. But regardless, I met her just by happenstance, just because my friend was was driving me to go look at a car and he had to drop off some flippers. This whole interaction happened because of that. So I just think life is funny. Life is crazy. You meet the, the coolest, sometimes the weirdest, <laughs> just most extravagant people so long as you are flexible and willing to do so. And last episode, I know I was talking all about myself and like how I want my anthropological background to be put to use in the form of this podcast and like boom off the bat it is (laughs) I mean honestly these these connections have been happening I just haven't been recording when I talk to people but now I finally am so I hope you enjoy this as much as I did or at least half as much as I did because I really enjoyed it y'all is so good Also, a friendly reminder, we have not yet published the first issue of the magazine, so there is time yet to get any of your art in or any of your your anything in that you want to share with this community. We're accepting graphic art, visual art, written art, audio art. Um, I know Mel is going to curate a mixtape eventually. But also, if you want to drop any audio art, I will put them in the podcast episodes too. So, you know, I've I've been doing my little intro bit, a song, and then boom, bang, the episode. So your audio art can be featured here, as well as in um, Mel's mixtape or with whatever the hell she just decides to do with all the great audio content we get. But please feel free to send anything that you want to put out in this community to skate topless at gmail.com um we'll literally be accepting content for so long as <laughs> this is going so if you're listening to this like way in the future or maybe even the past mm, or even right now in the present um just send your shit in and i mean if you want to and you know be a part of be a part of a really good community it doesn't even have to be art too like my friend is sending me, I don't even know, um, I have no idea what he's sending, but he's just like, what should I write about? And I'm like, write whatever, write about whatever the fuck you want to write about. You can write about things that intrigue you, things that you're struggling with, things that make you happy, like anything you want, just, it's just the fact that you're a different perspective than I, and that's what, that's what makes our our planet spin round and that's what makes this magazine you know and this whole community it's what builds it it's our diversity and our willingness to be open to new perspectives and accept them and tolerate them 
but also learn from these new perspectives and stuff. So basically what I'm getting at is whatever you want to send in, homie, send it in. (laughs) Um, We'd love to have it. Nothing's too small. (sighs) I think that's it. Is there anything else? No. The vernal equinox is upon us. That is something. The vernal equinox is upon us and Libra seasoning is starting. So happy birthday to all my Libras. I hope y'all are going to get spooky for Halloween. I know 2020 is being a little awkward, but I hope that your Halloween of 2020 is at least as memorable as the rest of the year. Okay, there's no reason I should be talking about Halloween. So I'm going to go. But y'all stay safe, stay fresh, stay beautiful. Maybe think about flossing. Peace. Just kidding. I forgot to mention what we're listening to. We are going to be listening to Casper by Nopacetic. This is one of my favorite of her songs, honestly. The fucking beat. It's just so sassy. It's got tood. Oh, you're going to love it. Okay, now that's it. Goodbye. aka Sydney Max Lee. Hello. <laughs> so you are an award-winning porn actress. Oh my gosh. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm like an award-winning porn actress. I'm more like a femdom uh, a femdom uh, persona to be honest. I think okay. I think per, uh, a porn star, although I do some type of porn, 
my niche definitely is female domination, and I think that a porn star and a femdom are two completely different things. Yeah. Ooh. Although they're both, um, you know, it's both sex work. I think that it's just a different genre. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. But yeah, I, I do I do porn. <laughs> I wanna I wanna crack into that. Yeah, Fem, absolutely. Femdom v porn actress. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll crack into that later, but let's let's of introduce course. you first. So of course, yeah. You're also a producer, are you not? Yes, I am a producer, yeah. So that's what I do. Um I'm an independent um fetish producer. I do um I talk about kink uh topics on YouTube. I what else do I do? Uh, I do, I'm an actual dominatrix. Um, so there's a lot of things that I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just let, I just love to put my toes in different, you know, I guess, I guess puddles. Yeah. And kind of like have fun with that. So, it seems yeah. like you're having fun from I all am. the things that I've seen. I am, yeah. Which brings me to my funny story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I met you, mm-hmm. you know, we came to this beautiful home and you opened the door and I was yeah. like, she looks so familiar. But I have, No way. Yeah, you look so familiar. Uh-huh. And I was like, but I don't know. And I don't want to just be like, you look familiar, you yeah. know? So like, I didn't really get to talk to you much the mm-hmm. first day that I met you. But then when we left, um, RJ told me your profession. I was like, no fucking way I gotta talk to her so yeah. then you agreed to be on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was looking up all of your content and stuff yeah oh my god a year ago I looked up your uh financial domination YouTube video <laughs> yes perfect okay, I was good. like that's why you look so damn familiar <laughs> because that I got so much wisdom from you <laughs> You're so inspirational. Thank you. Oh, it was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I no, appreciate I it. appreciate it. It was awesome. So I thought that that was just fucking hilarious. Yeah, that video has has uh, garnered definitely a lot of um a lot of ice. You know, um, I've been interviewed by BBC News. No way. Yeah, um, I've been interviewed by Mary Claire. Um, who else? Xbiz. So a lot of like you know these flagship companies that want to know more about this taboo world because it's very it's a very new fetish yeah think about it so um yeah that's uh it's you know that youtube video i i need to i need to get back into it honestly it's just my way of giving back to the community and teaching people about my world yeah yeah so it's pretty cool i have a question about that Mm -hmm. i was researching about domination like Mm -hmm. not too long ago Mm -hmm. and it seemed like there was a how you say kind of like a dichotomy Mm -hmm. between like hard dominatrix Mm -hmm. um who have been in the game for a while like this is their thing Mm -hmm. and their sort of I don't want to say malice but it was Mm -hmm. kind of it seemed a little malicious like towards people that are just kind of coming into it Mm -hmm. for the I don't want to say trend, but mm-hmm. it's kind of just like the new wave thing. Yeah. And it seemed yeah. like there was a big dichotomy between that. Yeah. Do you have any input on that? Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm, you know, a lot of, a lot of women, especially who are naturally dominant and who have been in the industry or in the femdom world, they, it's to them, it's considered an art. It's a lifestyle. It's, they breathe it in and out constantly every single day. They have actual slaves who serve them. Um, and these are women that are legitimately dominant, you know, uh, in, the way, in the way they think, in the way they handle themselves, in the way they dress, right? And then so, you know, they've been doing this for 10 years, 10, 20, 30 years, and then this new wave of, you know, young women, um, 
who are basically who want to make a quick buck um, because they see that you know financial domination, for example, is a seems to be a lucrative thing, um, and then they try to promote themselves online and they ask, especially these women, uh, these actual female dominants, for help um, on how to do financial domination, for example, or femdom, for example, without uh, even wanting to learn. Uh, the actual core or the actual the root of it all which is you know BDSM and kink and your you know your actual fetish or exploring your own sexual fetish uh, fetish sexuality I think that offends or kicks a nerve you know for these women who are doing it for the art versus these women who are doing it for the money mm-hmm. so I get why there's a separation um, and I get why there's a little bit of you know, like a, I'd say like, um, like, like a traction, yeah, attraction between these two tension. And, um, yeah, I'm one of these women, the new age women. And I'm also this woman who, who has been like kinky my entire life. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like these women who are like female dominant from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm more, I came from like more of a kinky nature. Like I've always loved, um, fucked up stuff. Some things that are not normal, things that you know, things that <laughs> things that are always a little bit more to the side of um, what do you call this? Some would call Crazy it extra, yeah, <laughs> extra, something like that, yeah, something taboo, you yeah. know. So yeah, that's amazing. So can we can we like go to the very beginning? Yeah, to the very beginning. Oh my god. Um, so I first discovered that I was kinky at maybe like um, like 10 or 11 and I def I definitely cultivated my um, fetish kinky side first before I even jumped into you know the world of having sex or you know exploring things with other men because I already have my kinky side like I would um, the one of the first memories that I have playing with other people was with this other woman in school. Um, I went to an all girls, all girls private Chinese school. And, um, you know, I, I remember I was being such a pitch, such a bully, because I would pinch her in class and that gave me so much rush, um, you know, of getting caught, first of all second of like maybe hurting her but not in a way where I'm legitimately um, physically like abusing her you know I would just these are just like tiny little pinches and it would get me off just watching her have that reaction and she never told anyone she never told anyone not her mom not her babysitter so for an entire year that we were sitting together in a classroom she would let me pinch her you know oh. so I think that's how that's when my bisexuality started yeah you know I like I that experience definitely tur- like switched it on for me was that the beginning of your sexuality think, just yeah. in general no um I think so yes I think that's where it all started okay. and maybe I was like seven or eight for the for as long as I could remember that's how it started and then you know it just got more intense yeah after that um, I remember I would bring 
<laughs> in a social studies class, right? I am such a fucked up little kid. Like, you know, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. No way. Yes way. So very strict. No, I, I'm sure you know what a Jehovah's Witness is, right? Yeah. A, well, I talked idea? about them in my last podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, we can't proselytize. We can't go around, you know, like making other people do our things. And I was like, I'm looking at you, Jehovah's yeah. Witness. Stop coming to my door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was me. I was once that girl. We're not allowed to do birthdays, no Valentine's Day, no Christmas, no nothing, no pagan activities. Um, we go to church three times a, a week. Um, was this in the Philippines? This is in the Philippines. Okay. Yeah. We're very, we're dressed to, you know, basically honor Jehovah, right? So that's when it all started. Um, and <laughs> I remember I was in class and we have like these massive social studies book. God damn it, let me put my phone You're good. on silent. You're good. Non- there we go, okay. So, so we have these massive textbooks. I remember buying two of those. So I can cut out the middle part and put my hentai book in the middle. Yeah, I was one of those. I was one of those kids. Yeah, I get so adventurous. And because my social studies class is so boring. So boring. It's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when all the kids have just eaten lunch and everyone's just like tired no one's listening to the teacher the teachers are boring and i'm like this is the perfect time to be masturbating in class <laughs> oh my god and i would do it i would do it in class yeah it was just what a legend <laughs> i was just like how far can i take this i was one of those kids yeah how far can i take this without getting caught so can you like Tell me, like, what were you doing? Well, what, well, well, I'd be in class. The teacher would be talking, you know, so, uh, so boringly. And I'd be on the side, on the third row. I remember that one by the window. And um, uh, I would, you know, I'd half pay attention, half read my book. And I could masturbate without using my hands. Yeah. What? So it's just squeezing, just squeezing my legs together. And I, I fucking like would fucking orgasm in class like two or three times. <laughs> yes, I'm so amazed. It's you crazy. Could, you figured out at yeah. that young of an age how to masturbate without yes. using your hands. I, yes, I don't know. I still haven't cultivated that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that the things that we do just so we can satisfy our urges. Yeah, you know. And now that I think about it, I'm like. What the fuck was I doing? <laughs> At that time, you were like, girl, just do your thing. I know, I know. So this is, that was fun. So what did that graduate to? That graduated, oh God, it got a little worse. Um, at some point, me and one of my friends with, you know, uh, my partners in crime, or my best friend in crime, uh, we, I was such a bully. Back in, back in the day. I'm not proud of it, by the way, but okay. it was just part of, you know, who I was. Um, we would basically offer um, protective services to kids in lower grades. So we would collect, you know, like their lunch money. We would stand in front of the cafeteria, right? And we'd just be like, you know, look at the kids straight, dead straight in the eye and basically like, 
you know, reach out for, for, for their coins or whatever and basically just basically just usher their their hands and be like, All right, give us your money, you know? And we did that for almost a year until we got caught, obviously. So that was that was probably some sort of like a like a, <laughs> um, a non consent financial domination. <laughs> What protective services were you offering? Well, I was in senior year, and basically, it's such a cutthroat kind of school. It's an uh, it's an all girls school, and oh, yeah. you know, I was like one of like the the popular kids, I guess. You're a head bitch. Yeah, I am. I am a head bitch. Yeah, and nobody nobody um, fucked with us. Me and my me and my friend until we graduated for first yeah high school freshman high school so everything was just like all right <laughs> you guys are suspended you got to find another school um so that's how we got caught we got caught because a janitor saw us what yeah. a fucking yeah. snitch yeah <laughs> no authority or nothing but that was yeah that was a an interesting year for sure that's awesome. so all of the, all of like these little things that basically contributed to who I am today and um it makes sense, you yeah. know. It does make sense. So yeah. So <laughs> you're at your new school. Yeah. So in nobody my, knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows. I, um, in when I entered high school, I kind of entered a new phase where you know what? I'm just gonna. This is this is. I was such a sinful girl, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be celibate for a whole year. Were you yeah. still in Jehovah's Witness all the while? Yes. Yeah. So I I left the faith when I what when I turned 20 21 okay yeah so that was just like a few years ago it was like six seven years ago yeah wow. yeah it's very recent yeah you're like on two fucking hands yeah <laughs> but the thing is that you were still like a quote-unquote you were still a sinner when you were in yeah. the faith oh yeah yeah totally that probably got you off too yeah <laughs> yeah totally I remember oh god I shouldn't be saying this right now but I did masturbate in you know, in in a few mass <laughs> That meetings. is fucking iconic. <laughs> you know how boring they get? Like, our, our church meetings last for two hours. You probably and, weren't the only one. Yeah, that's true. And as a child with such, you know, children have very low focus rates. Oh, yeah. That we just got to entertain ourselves. And that's my, one of my... Yeah, you're like, how many points. kegels can I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you know it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm familiar. Okay, good. Um, so were you not? What religion were you in? Oh, so I grew up. I I didn't really grow up very uh, religious or mm-hmm, anything, mm-hmm. but I I masturbated in school. Oh. But like I didn't I didn't fucking figure out how to do it without my well, hands. Okay, <laughs> so I had to be it's so sweet. Very possible. I'm telling you right now. You just put your legs together and you just basically kegel and squeeze. Yeah, no, you I have can to see cross that. your legs. Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I could totally and, see that. Yeah. I'm trying it just so you guys know. Yeah, I could, I could see that with enough like practice uh-huh. and you know. Um, Correct. What's it called? Like you just gyrate basically your yeah. insides. You try and gyrate it. Yeah. You should so, do a class. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I should. 
<laughs> that is so funny. I'm going to teach you guys how to masturbate in public settings without even With using that. your hands. Yeah. It's, actually, I've never even thought of that. I should. I really should, should I? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be some good content. <laughs> but so you're, you're now at your new school. This is high school. You're starting high mm-hmm. school, and you're celibate. You've turned yeah. over a new leaf. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> I tried. But, you know, one thing that you learn about yourself is that once you are kinky, you're always going to be kinky. It's it's just that DNA in you. You know, I've... Um, some people say that they're cured or they have they were able to, you know, fix themselves. I don't see kink as like a disease. They almost treat it as like some sort of like an infectious disease, you know, which is not. It's just part of who you are. Um, like if you ask a, foot, a guy with a foot fetish, why do you find women's feet attractive or why do you find it um, arousing? And then most of them will say, I don't know. It just, it just is. It's just part of who they are. It yeah. just, you know, it's the first thing that they notice in a woman. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I met a guy with the foot fetish and mm-hmm. I was asking him about it because I'm so curious mm-hmm. about it. And I keep saying this, but I need to talk to child psychologists because mm-hmm. that's where, that's where I'm going to hopefully yeah. pull this knowledge from. Yeah. But he was like my third grade teacher. Mm-hmm. She would wear high heels. Yeah. And that was it for me and what so what was the what was the reasoning of why you know he finds it attractive see now that I can't tell you for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. I think it was just I think it was just the way it looked yeah probably it was probably just the visual mm-hmm. that he found attractive but I don't know what about the visual mm-hmm. that it was because I mean girls his age weren't wearing high heels mm-hmm. I mean he was in third grade mm-hmm. and stuff like that and I don't know if his mom or any any other older woman in his life was wearing high heels but his teacher would always wear the open-toed yeah high heel shoes yeah and that and was that just rocked his socks off mm-hmm. of that yeah yeah so it was rocked a lot of socks yeah. off yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing so in your high school career yeah what happened moving forward? How did you realize that you tried to be celibate, but it didn't work out? Okay, so um, you get these physical and mental urges. You basically start going a little crazy if you you know, pull yourself away from something that comes so natural to you. Like sex, for example. You know, I can't imagine myself not having sex. If I just cut it off, I feel like I'm, like I'm going to go crazy. So I, it's the same thing for me. Like kink has always been part of who I am and what I did as a child and you know cutting myself off of it just made it made uh, the urge a lot stronger so instead of cutting it out as I moved towards you know going to college I learned how to um, balance kink my kinks and living a, a, a normal kid uh, you know, to say the least. <laughs> but, but the older you get, you kind of realize that, you know what? Everything can be balanced. Sex, your kink, nor, uh, normal vanilla sex, and then just everything else. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened. And then I, um, and then by the time I was old enough to understand my homosexuality, then I, you know, got into the, the industry, the adult industry. And what was that so, like? Um... It's kind of a surreal process. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a one-way track where, you know what? I graduated college. I'm going to go become a dominatrix. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's more like, a, more like a, a, a bunch of revolving doors. And you just take each one. And then once you pass that revolving door, there's another, revol- there's another set of revolving doors. So meaning like opportunities just came. And then I just took them. 
and then now I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happened. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and that seems like it's a that's a trajectory of all of us. We just like meet people and then mm-hmm. it's that whole revolving door yes. thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So did it start um your your introduction into like the kink world professionally? Did it start with domination or did it start with more like video? Um, it started with domination. I remember my very first official boyfriend. We, he was very kinky too. So he was, he has had played with other men already. And, you know, just someone who's an immigrant. So I'm an immigrant, by the way. I grew up in the Philippines. I moved here when I was like 18, 19. Mm -hmm. So the idea of dating someone who you thought was straight, and then all of a sudden they share you these things. um, I had to check my own self. You know, I had to ask myself, am I okay with this? Is this something that I can accept in the back of my head subconsciously and live with it for the rest of my life? And you were 18 at the time? And I was 18. Yeah, like 19. Yeah, at that time. Um, And you start, you know, you kind of live with it day by day. So that's how it all started. Um, And then we, you know, um, we did uh, some experimental kind of... um, sexual experiences like it was my first time trying anal with him it was my first time doing toys with another man it was my first time you know just just all these new things with this guy uh that was my first time doing stuff with um with another man yeah because I've always done all my kinks solo and I've always been happy with that until he came into the picture so um yeah, that would be my answer to that question. And so when you say you've done all your kinks solo, do you mean like performing on other people you've done it solo or perform like on yourself? For myself, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just to sexually satisfy myself. Okay. But not um not until I turned maybe twenty three. Yeah, twenty three is when I started, okay, let's take this on a professional level. Yeah. Let's, you know, put on that professional face and then let's try to make some money off of it. So yeah. And how did that, how did you start that? Where did you even, where's the door? Okay, so I first started, so I had a, my very first time, or the very first thing I did was, I tried to look for a job that, that, um, that I don't have to do in another location. So I had a strong passion for, um, so I had this strong uh, passion, hate for driving to work hated that. Really? I hated driving to work. Where were you living at the time? I was in Vegas. Okay, yeah, I could yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. So I lived there for six and a half years, and um, I ha- I just hated working for other people, so I tried to look for jobs online, and I found camming as the very first opportunity to work from home. So they were looking for, this uh, agency was looking for cam models, and I called, and then I applied for the job. And the first day, the very first day that I worked for maybe like five hours, I made 500 bucks. And then I was like, all right, it's on. Yeah. So every single day, I just came to that agency, worked my ass off. Um, and then, you know, when you do something constantly like that and you promote yourself online, people discover you. So a few, a few other agents and a few other producers reached out to me and wanted to work with me. And I did, I did those things um, until this one girl, her name's Alexandra Snow, and she wanted to work with me for Femdom 
content. And that's when I, uh, that's when I realized, ooh, I can actually do female domination kinky stuff. This is perfect. So I did that as well. I started doing my, um, creating my own content, producing my own content, and, um, you know, word got out that there's this Asian girl who's like really doing good. So other producers wanted to work with me. And now I'm here. <laughs> so that yeah. was that was um, all kind of like in the respect mm-hmm. of your video mm-hmm. career. Yes, that is um, correct. Yeah. How does your domination mm-hmm. come into play? Um, so for for domination, I shadowed a couple of doms. Um, I wanted to see how it how they stage you know an entire session i talked to a couple of dungeon owners um used to be dungeon owners i have a very good friend his name's robert flutie he used to own probably the biggest dungeon that was ever made ever it's called the nutcracker suite and it's one of the most successful dungeons in the world Oh, in their time, yes, the Nutcracker Suite is yeah. amazing. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and um, was that in Vegas? This was in New York. Oh, okay. But he now lives in LA, Los Angeles, and um, we became really good friends. Um, almost like to a point where we, you know, it's almost like he is a, like a partner in crime as well. And he shared me all of his stories. I shared all of his, all of my stories to him. And um, yeah, so, so he was kind of like a mentor to me. Um, yeah, so I, when I became more confident in, in having to, you know, deal with actual uh, BDSM and, you know, rope skills and um, uh, how to do interrogation play, for example, then I s- finally said, all right, I'm going to start doing um, in-person sessions because I have so much respect for real dominatrices who do this who do this for a living and um, who take this very very seriously um, and also if you if you fuck up you could potentially end up uh, in, in, in a hospital obviously mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons why the Nutcracker Suite is not here anymore it's really? because one of um, yeah one of the doms there um, <laughs> accidentally uh, put one of the clients in a coma Oh my goodness! Yeah, and this was all over the news. This was in New York. God. So for as long, yeah, oh yeah, the the Nutcracker Suite have been running for twelve years and they had to shut down because of that. Yeah, so you have to be really careful when it comes to um, uh, doing in person sessions, and you have to be knowledgeable. So. So what came after the Nutcracker Suite for you? Uh, after the Nutcracker Suite, um, no, I just I'm. This was maybe like three four years ago. Okay. Um, I, my, me offering in-person sessions is, is a more of a, a, a newer thing for me because people have been asking me so much about it and I've always considered, you know, domination uh, sessions as more of like a, like a partner play. If I'm really into that guy or if I'm in a relationship with him, then, you know, I'd want to do something uh, kinky with him. But not only recently did I open that up for, um, for transactions, you know, for, for monies. So, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I why, think. why? Why do well, you think so? I think it's really cool because a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of dominatrices I know because I don't know many, but mm-hmm. I was under the impression that 
people that do in-person domination Mm -hmm. don't usually bring their partners into that world. They keep it separate, professional Mm -hmm. and personal. Mm -hmm. But you have crossed that. Yeah. What is that like (laughs) for you? Well, I'm not going to lie. I used to be very... um, I used to be very strict about it. So, you know, I'm always respectful of my partner's um, preferences in bed. If they want to be vanilla, if they want to be a little kinky, sure, that's perfectly fine. Um, I try to, I try to keep both worlds separate as much as I can. But let's be honest, sometimes there's some bleeding through the walls. You know, for lack of a better word. Uh, so you just I like have, it. <laughs> so you just have to be um, adaptable, I guess, and flexible when it comes to when it comes to things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so these people that are coming to that you've recently started opening up to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're not in a personal relationship with, mm-hmm. how have they been going? Um. Good, I would say. Okay. Um. You know, some of these guys that I do kinky stuff with for fun, just for pure sexual fun, um, these are people that I see that kind of helps my my um, my psyche, my sexual psyche, my kinky psyche develop. Um, and if I don't see that connection with them, I don't even play with them at all. So there's only like maybe right now there's like three guys that I play with mm-hmm. um, and then everyone else is uh, is basically our clients yeah um, but I don't have a main main partner currently okay because I'm very picky and you know as a woman we try to put all of our ideal you know um, our ideal attributes yeah attributes in one guy which is fucking nearly impossible yeah and very unrealistic but that's what we do as women. It's fucking crazy, right? So yeah. all of these ideals, ideal attributes that I see, I all find them in these three men that I'm currently seeing. Yeah. So yeah. So you're polyamorous? Um, I would say I'm, I used to be. I used to be polyamorous. But I would say that I'm open. <laughs> okay. Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. Because you did mention you haven't found that main yeah. connection mm-hmm. so should you find that main connection mm-hmm. would you cut ties with these three with these three guys potentially okay potentially. you're open so it's yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i would not go as far as hiding all those three men though yeah i would be like this is what's going on in my life and i feel like you know you could potentially replace these guys um, positions so would you be cool with that yeah. And would you want to try to replace all these three guys? And if he says yes, then boom. He's going to try. He, yeah, he's going to try. He's going to try. <laughs> so you mentioned about trying to put all these attributes into one person, like kind of like putting them in a box. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you feel as though your ethnicity puts you in a box. Oh, that's a great question. Um, certainly. You know, I'm Filipino and we have a very conservative upbringing. I grew up in a very conservative religion yes (laughs) I grew up in a very conservative country um, and I think honestly because I'm sectioned in that in a way like that my body is telling me to you know what just be a be a fucking rebellious Aries (laughs) do your thing that's what what you guys are best at (laughs) (laughs) just be fucking rebellious just you know just 
get out of your way and make a point. So mm -hmm. that's what my body is telling me and that's what I certainly did. Um, my family doesn't agree with it entirely. My brother doesn't agree with it. My twin sister doesn't agree with it. My dad n doesn't really agree with it. My sister and my mom definitely doesn't agree with it. But, you know, I'm still, I I'm making my own reality anyway. It's not their life to live. Yeah. So, I mean, what else can I say? I'm having a fun time though. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> From all the content you put out, it seems like you're having a great time. <laughs> so your family knows about it. They don't agree with it. But mm -hmm. how does that play into your relationship? My relationship? So I have my relationship with my mother is almost non-existent. And with my sister, sisters, they're okay. But I have a really great relationship with my dad and my brother. And they're, you know, even though they kind of bury the idea down to the ground. Um, we all have a fun time, you know. I'm all, I've, I've always been the same to their eyes, yeah. The only thing that changed is my profession, really. Yeah, and that's not really anything that you have to talk about if mm -hmm. you don't want to. Mm -hmm. It's just something that yeah. they have to process, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That that's... must be tricky. Can you talk about, like, your relationship with your mom? With my mom? Even pre- um, pre-professional yeah. oh yeah absolutely so my mom's a my mom's kind of a one of those typical tiger mom Asian tiger moms um, always wanted me to get always wanted me to be the uh, best in class um, gave us the I guess try to give us the best education enrolled me in maybe three different activities for summer um, made us play every single instrument out there so wanted us to be the best that we can be um, and I had a, an okay relationship with her because she worked all the time. She's one of those moms that try to, you know, work and then would give us like three babysitters or four babysitters at the same time. Um, I grew up in a pretty wealthy family, I would say. I, we weren't, um, we weren't like very poor, but I saw, you know, two sides of the coin because I grew up in a, in a third world country. So it's definitely hard, but at the same time, with the you know benefits of having a babysitter, for example, uh, until I was like maybe like twelve, right? Um, so she was cool. She was definitely the the uh, the one wearing pants in the family. My dad As is tiger just, moms do. Yeah, <laughs> my mom. My dad's super chill. My dad's like, yeah, let's go on vacation. You know, let's just have a fun time. Let's have a party on a Sunday. Meanwhile, my mom would be working wow. every single time. Yeah. Um, so then, I think that I'm I am who I am today mostly because of my mother, and um, the rest is definitely coming from my dad's side. She, I've always looked up to her because she is fucking smart. She is a chemist, university professor. Wow. And um, she, there's a lot of things that she did that I didn't really know exactly what it was all about. She never explained anything to us. Mm, my dad's more like the, yeah, let's go, you know, go on a road trip. Let's go on vacation. You know, she, he told us everything. I learned a lot of things from my dad. Although, like, the mystery behind my mom's, you know, um, uh, disappearance most of the time would always, like, 
you know, I, I come up with like all these different scenarios. My mom's like, the CIA. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> my mom's a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've always wanted to be close to her, but it just never happened because she's always so busy. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah. I guess a question that I do have in regards to that is mm-hmm. regardless of what your profession is today, do you mm-hmm. feel as though you were bound to disappoint her? Um, to disappoint her? Hmm. I think what my mom has always wanted for me and my sisters, what and me and my my siblings was to be successful in any industry that we enter, except you know the sex industry. Well, <laughs> damn, you almost got all I those know, matches. I almost got all of it. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say that when you were younger, though. She probably didn't say except sex. I know it's so crazy. I because like my my younger sister. So, so my twin sister, she is a nun. Oh my god! Right? She's a nun. Wait a minute. <laughs> she works in a convent. <laughs> my other, my younger sister, my other younger sister is she's a surgeon, and then my my brother, my baby brother, is an engineer. So all of them turn out to be just fine, I guess. And then here I come. Little you know, black sheep. I am the black sheep of the family, yeah. You're like the black latex wearing <laughs> sheep. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, love it though, I love it. You're <laughs> super successful in your own right. It's just not something that your mom is proud to tell her like yeah. friends, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and my mom has nine siblings. Oh my God. And most of them are women. And they're all also successful in their own little industries. Oh and the only thing that gets they all hate each other by the way and the only thing that bands them together is me their hate towards me oh man yeah I'm not even kidding and I'm like you know what I'm okay with that as long as they all get together because of me wow <laughs> you, so are, you are the glue <laughs> that's ridiculous I have, a, I have a I guess a pretty interesting life I would say. Yeah. I would say so. Um, I'm going to pause this. Yes, go for it. And then start again. Oh, wait. Do we have? There's still time, I guess. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. I'll mm-hmm. do... We'll do 10 more minutes. Yeah. And then we'll, pa- we'll pause and, and continue going. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. I do want to ask... We, we talked about your family life. We yeah. don't have to go on. I do think that it's fucking hilarious <laughs> that your twin sister is a nun. Yeah, my twin sister is a nun. You, have you ever done any, like, nun play? Um... You know, I try not to because I it reminds me of my sister so much and it just like kind of freaks me. It gives me the, the twin vibes, like oh. like that electric feel yeah. almost that you don't Ooh. want to do anything. No, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. No, no, no. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a terrible time. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. And I do believe in karma. Yeah. So if if we if I get that feeling Especially if I do some sort of like a nun play, I just stay away from it. Yeah, just you know? don't. Yeah, just stay away from it and just don't do it at all. A good call. She's <laughs> probably thanking you. Yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so um, earlier you talked about X biz mm-hmm. and that whole um, mm-hmm. what's it called? I don't want to say industry, mm-hmm. but what what is X biz? Are, are they an agency? So X biz is a. Um, a publishing company actually that focuses on fetish, sex, lifestyle, and they're based out of LA. And it's a flagship company because they give out awards to um, basically notable 
personas in, in the industry. So, um, you know, the, they would usually every year they have two events, two, uh, yeah, two uh, award show, which is based out of LA and then the other one is based out of Miami. So Expis is definitely, um, uh, uh, I'd say, between AVN, AVN is the biggest one, and then you have Expis as well. But I think Expis has more substance to it. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of porn stars, and they all say that they're more interested and more, uh, they have more respect towards Expis. So, you know, I've gotten to know the, the people who work behind Expis, and I've gotten to know the people working behind AVN. And between the two, I definitely gravitate towards uh, Expis. Yeah. The Exodus people. Well, that's great because yeah. you got an award from them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that was this year. I love it. Yes, in 2020, and it's all downhill from there. Honestly, <laughs> for the rest of the year. Oh God. It was oh. just a roller coaster that just yeah. went up, and then it's just it's oh, still going oh, down. Totally. 2020 is gonna be an unforgettable year for literally everyone, and it's like the perfect number too. 2020. It's so easy to remember. Yeah, y'all thought the world was gonna end in 2012. Well, yeah. Why? Guess, <laughs> guess what you weren't expecting. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> God. What was your award in? So I got the uh, 2020 Best Fetish Female Clip Artist of the Year. That's a mouthful, yeah, but it is a really good one. It is definitely a mouthful. And basically what it is, it's um, the people who produce their own content and who basically is doing it well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so you do everything yourself. Yes, I do everything. I produce everything myself. I don't work for other... Um, brand name companies. I'm very, very picky about yeah. it. If I do work for them, it's got to be under my rules. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How have you transitioned your life to being a completely independent producer, producer? actress? Um, it wasn't much of a transition, really, especially if you started out as an independent producer in the first place. What uh, What's hard is getting the um, attention, getting the popularity, getting the traffic from um, from the internet, you know, and you do that by just being active in social media, putting your content out there, um, posting in websites such as X Hamster, Pornhub, all of like these. That was my first know. porn website, X Hamster. Yeah, X Hamster. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Actually, as much as as much as people don't really talk about them a lot. Yeah. It's still a pretty active website. Well, you know? I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And then you got um, X videos as well. There's so many um, there's so many websites out there. Well I, when I Googled you, there was all oh, <laughs> your name and it was just interchange the websites. Websites yeah. I'd never even heard of. Yeah. I'm yeah. like I keep going like pages and pages on yeah. Google. You're most, everywhere. Most of them are a lot of them are pirated stuff though. Oh sorry. So and, and, and that's okay. It's it's one of it's an ongoing battle for a lot of like porn people. Yeah. People who work in the sex industry. So I mean you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, because I guess it's just more traffic. Yeah, exactly. More getting your name around. Exactly. Publicity, if you will. Exactly, yeah. So it seems like it's really, um, like, essential to your life. Do mm -hmm. you ever feel, like, drained or, like, it's just kind of consuming all of you? Um, my, my job, you mean? Yeah. So, you know, only very recently did I have, I made a change or a way of thinking about my, my job. Instead of treating it like a job, I treat it like as a lifestyle, as a hobby. 
because then you know if you if you never will you find yourself working a day in your life if you consider your job as a hobby or as, as a lifestyle right so here I am I'm in Hawaii right now I'm working still but it doesn't feel like I'm working because I'm also taking a vacation yeah you know and I attend and I tend to my emails I tend to my clients and my slaves when I feel the urge to do it and I don't have this kind of like a like a like a huge rock behind my back uh, that's forcing me to you know get on my knees and check my emails and do work and this and that so yeah this was only very recent because yes at some point I felt like this is fucking too much mm -hmm. I need a break at least for a month and then yeah so I just switched the way that I that I treated my mm -hmm. my job basically and when before you had made that switch were you still like independent yes still very much independent but I was working about 12 hours a day and that was all your own doing yes okay yeah, that's all my own doing and I would look at the time and, and it'll be 10 o'clock in the evening and I'll be like okay it's time to wind down um, and I'll have like an hour to myself go to bed wake up at 8 a.m. do the whole cycle again mm -hmm. and it was definitely draining yeah it was definitely draining so I had to stop that and put a put a limit to it all so you are on vacation right now mm -hmm. but you're still working mm -hmm. and I'm just curious like is there ever a point where you are like in work mode mm -hmm. and you're in vacation mode mm -hmm. or is it all just kind of like ebb and flow um, mostly ebb and flow but when I'm doing sessions in-person sessions I am a hundred percent in the dungeon I'm not even checking my phone I'm not even like taking any time off it's just like I am in that I'm in the dom space and the sub is in subspace so yeah, that's uh, that would be one of those moments. Um, if I'm in work mode, especially when I'm answering emails and I need to tackle like 200 emails in two hours, then I'm like, all right, shutting down all social media, anything, any form of like messaging, texting, whatever, and I'm just like, you know, killing it for the next two hours. That's so those would be my intense moments. Yeah. But for like a full day or a whole month, no, it, it's more like an ebb and flow. Okay. Yeah. So your dungeon you have now, it's not clearly the place that you were in before because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So do you have your, like, is it a part of your home? Are you renting a place? Yeah, so it's, a, it's in an actual business, uh, uh, bis a commercial area. Mm -hmm. So I have a 3,000 square foot dungeon, um, and that's where I do all of my sessions. I also do a lot of pho photo shoots in there, events. Um, it's a, also an event space for other people to rent. You name it, it's in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where I do. But yeah, um, it's not part of my house. My house is in a different location. Um, I don't want to have that mix of my personal life and my work life. I don't think it's healthy at yeah. all. So you got to have that separation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And your clients, these are your newer clients that are coming into mm -hmm. your dom space. Mm -hmm. They're going into their subspace. Mm -hmm. Are they people that just email you out of the blue or do you have a previous relationship with these people? So these are uh, these are guys that I've most of them I've never met before. I'd say like 60% are all new clients. They have to go through a protocol. Uh, sorry, I have a protocol for interviewing new clients. So I have to make sure that they, you know, they're safe, um, they're normal and they're not going to do anything crazy. It's just for my own protection, but 
other than that, everything is, you know, fair game. It's, you know, they're, they're coming from a, a, a side where they need to, to scratch a, a kinky itch. Mm-hmm. I'm here to provide the service for an hour. Let's go. Yeah. You know, How do they find do. you? Um, social media. They type in Asian Dominatrix yeah. Seattle and then here I am. I pop up. Yeah. Boom. It's very, it's it's quite interesting because I don't really promote myself as an Asian Dominatrix. Yeah. Or I don't really um, offer my services. Most of these inquiries come in as, do you offer in-person sessions? Do you offer domination sessions? And then that's how it starts. Yeah. Did you, to, to figure out how you were going to price things, did you talk with your financial advisor or was this? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is based out of what I would consider as being like worth my time. So um, if I, since I do a lot of like online, uh, uh, online stuff and online services, I usually double that for my in-person sessions because this is what's worth my time in person and you'll have all of me you know my 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 time my attention everything so i think that that's what makes it more special is because you know it's curated based on um, your request yeah so so what is like the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you oh my gosh such a common question the weirdest thing um it's got to be a common question you're a fucking dominatrix (laughs) come on very very common um What's weird? Yeah, because weird for you is not it's, weird yeah. for other people. Yeah, it's normal it's for me bit. now. Yeah. It's normal for me. Um, I'll get things like strap-on sessions. Uh, I'm sure that's pretty common in the in the kink world. You know, that be guys, considered pegging? Pegging, yes, that's correct. Um, CBT sessions. Which is? Um, cock and ball torture. Cool. Ball busting sessions. Cool. Yeah, ball busting sessions. Um... Corporal punishment, uh, a lot of guys love that. Foot fetish is very, very popular. Um, they love seeing me in different platforms, heels, shoe fashion, you know, that kind of stuff. And all I have to do is just sit there and just change my, my shoe wear uh, most of the time. Um, what else? They love just submitting to, uh, to a strong, powerful woman you know, um, they just love the idea of doing things for me. So most of the time it's um, power exchange really. Um, not even getting them off, not even like the idea of like jacking them off and like coming and blah blah blah. No, it's because that can happen anytime in their own um, convenient time. Meanwhile, the opportunity to serve someone like me is much more important to, for, for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not a, it's like, like the regular vanilla world is completely different from the kink world. There's a lot of, uh, um, there's a lot of um, nuances I'd say, but I would like to, I guess, tell everyone or all of my listeners that the kink world is not what you think it is. Yeah. There's a lot to learn from it for sure. I have a question about um, kind of like how far you're willing to go with someone. I know that mm-hmm. you, you brought up cock and ball torture. Yeah. <laughs> that to some people sounds like really painful, but mm-hmm. to other people sounds like, hell it's yeah, fine. that's right up my alley. Oh, yeah, totally. So do you have to gauge between each client what their limit is or 
or do you just kind of have like a baseline like <laughs> shut the fuck up this is what you're getting it, well the first uh the first uh category would be how am i feeling that day like <laughs> how playful am i am i how's my mood this day how is you know astra dominant doing that's the first one second one is who am i dealing with you know how would they define me um what kind of personality do they have um, the third question is, what experiences have they done? Who have they seen in the past? And that basically, all those three things will be, uh, um, will, will make up for the entire session. So if it's a ball busting session, and within 15 minutes of creating a rapport with this client, I can gauge how hard they can take. And sometimes I just don't give a fuck because I'm in that mood. And I just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, what? This is the first time you've done it? Perfect. This is going to be your baseline for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll exit my dungeon with a very purple pair of balls. <laughs> That's amazing. So so what does this all do for you? What kind mm-hmm. of power does it give you? Or, or does it? I oh, my God. Um, it's very, it's very euphoric. Have you ever felt that? So euphoric kind of feeling. It yeah. puts you in a mental state where you feel invincible. You feel like you can take over the world, you know? And it surely does something for me, especially for someone who is naturally kinky. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if it didn't bring me any sort of happiness, mm-hmm. for example. Because um, I can do other things and it'll bring me money. But this definitely has a different kick kick to it uh yeah that's how I would answer that question it seems as though there's a lot of positivity that's coming Mm -hmm. or that's that's being manifested created by you and the client you're Mm -hmm. both leaving Mm -hmm. euphoric Mm -hmm. and you get more money in the bank yeah you know so it's like kind of like double euphoric yeah yes absolutely yeah yeah what do you think like can you remember the first um experience where like you walked away from an experience euphoric and you had money in the bank yes I remember this this was in New York City and I had a client who wanted to do a ball busting slash CBT session and oh my god the the high that I got from that session was kind it's very memorable and I don't I can't even explain why it just is Um, I remember in the very the last five minutes of our session um he wanted a he wanted just me kicking his nuts me just for the last five minutes just like punching it kicking it whatsoever and um wonderful yeah it was it was pretty cool because he didn't expect so he was expecting me to kick his nuts but what I did was I put on a pair of gloves a pair of shiny latex and um I basically boxed his 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 penis yeah so he was on his knees on the ground right um, and for the last five minutes I just started punching his cock just punching it punching it punching it punching it and he started orgasming he fucking like came all over the place but I'm like I don't give a fuck I just kept punching it and punching it and punching it so the look he was orgasming right 
And here I was just like still kept punching at it. Like, and by the end of it all, I was like huffing and puffing. I was like, <sighs> just like angry, but also kind of high coming off of this whole scene at the same time. And he was just there dumbfounded on the ground, completely exhausted. And I think he started crying a little bit, but also had to catch himself. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe this just happened. And so I had to go to the bathroom, you know, clean myself yeah, up. of course. And I had to look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, why do I feel so good right now? You know? So yeah, there's I, like a glow about yeah, you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, you know, he paid, he, he gave me his tribute. Is that what you call it? He left a tribute, yes. Um, he paid, I... Because you're a goddess. Yes, I'm the goddess. And then they pay their tribute. To the yeah. goddess. Yes, that is correct. Fucking yeah. love that. I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was a very memorable moment, I would say. It's one of the most iconic moments of my, I guess, my career. That's amazing. Yeah. Is he like a regular? Did he, was that like totally it for him? It's, he's a regular um, whenever I come to New York because he's from New York. Right. Yeah. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, you I got you got hoes in the very code. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you got a girl. That is so awesome. So, what's the rapport between the other doms? Um, you know, some doms are not cool with what I do because I have made. I guess I've made um, my kink or you know our world a little bit more realistic and a little bit more. Um, accessible accessible yeah versus some doms are like no you have to it's it's I work so hard to make this industry um, to create this industry or to contribute towards this industry I'm not gonna let some you know some other girl basically make it so easy uh, make it seem so easy to attain and that, that that's fine we all have our own perception about um, BDSM and kink and blah 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 but um, I mostly have a good rapport or a good relationship with a lot of people. I'm naturally like very social. Just yeah, the fact you're that you Aries. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> Aries, you know. Um, and so um, I'm friends with with a lot a lot of uh, industry folks, but also there's a, quite a few that I don't get along with. It just, it's just how it is. Do yeah. you like to keep your personal and professional lives separate from those other professionals? Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I can, yes. But I have a few friends that I've gotten really close with that I, they know my personal life. You know, they know everything that's happening uh, with my family and this and that. But it requires like a hell of a lot of trust, the um, because I don't know. Um, I like to have that kind of a separation, a li- just a little bit of separation, it keeps me sane. Yeah. 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 And how do you? How do create I, that separation separation yeah. um there's some people that i put in the professional department and then there's some people that i put in the friends department and then there's some people that i put in both departments um and to keep myself sane you know i i, I gotta meditate i gotta think about these things i gotta um remind myself like who i am uh my real life and my work life yeah and, you know, Astro Domina and Sydney Maxley are sometimes head on. Yeah. But um, I have to pull these two separate uh, personas away from each other sometimes. Yeah. 
And so you mentioned that growing up that your mom had you playing instruments and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I see that you play piano. Yeah. Is that one way that you kind of like pull yourself back to reality? Yeah. So that me playing. This this reality. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So me playing there, that would be part of my personal life. Um, Although a lot of my, a lot of my followers know that I do play the piano. Yeah. I saw your shut up, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. That was so funny. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. That's also... That's pretty cool. I haven't composed a song in forever. That was just... That was an extremely <laughs> relatable <laughs> composition you created. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what else do you do? I saw you, you scuba dive, right? I do scuba dive. I do a lot of things um, for fun. I find... Okay, as much as I like to do a lot of different things, what I really love doing is the act of learning. The act of learning is what drives me to do all of like these different things, like play the piano, do art, um, scuba dive, free dive, race cars, you know, all of like these. It's not. It's not because I like to do a bunch of shit. It's just the act of learning that I really like. Mm-hmm. You yeah, feel that yeah. on a very visceral level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what did the the racing cars? Did that come about just by itself, or did did one of your subs like? Yeah. Um, I've always liked the the rush, the adrenaline rush. Seems like you would. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Same in um in in domination, I guess, in beating people up for for fun. Hey, but everything is consensual. Yeah. Um. So that's when uh when did it start? A few years ago, I'd say like five years ago. Um, I decided that I should take a class. Um, so I took one in. Or mall California for BMW and they have cl- uh, they offer um, classes R- uh, yeah driving classes professional sports car drivers license in in, uh, in in BMW so I was like you know what yeah I'll, I'll take it whatever yeah that I'll sounds like cool yeah it's pretty cool did it do any of your I guess I should preface this question with mm-hmm. are any of your subs are they like super businessmen yeah so a lot of them are some of them are uh most of them are business professionals lawyers dentists doctors ceos head of like uh financial companies um Mm -hmm. politicians sports people um like like heavy um people who are like on the top of the game basically I was listening to another podcast, mm-hmm. and it was with the, uh, Dominatrix. Mm-hmm. And What's she, her name? I might know her. Oh, shit. I can't remember. Is it Sierra Lynch? Is it? I don't know. Is it? Is it Alexandra Snow? No, it's not Alexandra Snow. Maybe Sierra Lynch. Yeah. Um, is it a Joe Rogan podcast? No, it was, it's a Tangentially Speaking podcast, but okay. they're, they're like friends, okay. Joe Rogan and her. Okay. So I think it is Sierra Lynch. Yeah, Sierra Lynch. Okay. Um, she, she started when she was trying to go for a PhD in psychology. Yes, that's her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's her. Cool. So, <laughs> I mean, you know this. I know you live this, but I just mm-hmm. want to bring this up for, like, anyone listening. Yeah. Um, and in your experience, I'm curious, mm-hmm. is it because these people, usually men, have such a high amount of responsibility mm-hmm. that they need a moment of, like, repose, a moment to just, like, let go Correct. and be kind of like be a submissive yeah that is correct so um they get off of the idea 
or this this moment in time. They fantasize about this period of time where someone else can take over, someone who knows what they're doing. Because um, they can't just submit to any woman. It's gotta be someone who's also on top of their game and they can just, you know, trust that this woman knows exactly what they're doing. So they come to me um, if they have a, you know, Asian fetish, for example. They come to me and for a few hours and yeah, I just fucking dominate the shit out of them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have you found that since um, having a clientele mm-hmm. in, in people would call them high places, mm-hmm. would you say that that would correlate to the amount of money that you're bringing in? Um, you know, my, you mean like if, if they're in a certain field and I know for a fact that they're making more, that I will charge them more? Um, I just meant like re kind of mm-hmm. having, having your clientele mm-hmm. be more, mm-hmm. um, financially stable yeah people as opposed to you know just like kevin over here who's got 20 bucks and wants to watch you take your you know your shirt off yeah yeah um yeah so i have i my my rates have basically are have basically just stayed the same for the last three years okay um because i offer i don't do in-person sessions all the time it is definitely a elite uh an extra service that I do. I don't, um, I don't offer it to everyone. I'll, I probably would say no to sixty percent of the guys, and then the forty percent would be like, "All right, fine, let's let's do a session. I think you'll be worth my time." Okay. And you know, um, I'll have fun with you. Okay. Um, so it feeds that personal. Yes. Too. Yes. See, awesome. it's. I would say it's mostly feeding my own personal satisfaction mm-hmm. if I'm gonna have fun with this person or not. The money's just extra. Yeah. Yeah. It's for my own awesome. It's for my own personal selfish reasons. Yeah. So yeah. Take them and yeah. run with them. Yes, exactly. In your video on financial domination, mm-hmm. you mentioned that nearly eighty five percent of your uh, financial yeah, clients were mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Um well, it works in a way because a lot of them are from overseas, uh, mostly Europeans. So I have to, you know, do cam sessions with them. Uh, Would those be calls. private? Yes, okay. they're called private sessions, um, and they're all done online. Um, so yeah, I it basically takes up most of my day, and then for a lot of people who can't afford online sessions or. Uh, uh, phone sessions then they'll buy my videos instead yeah okay and, you know it's like a it's like 10 bucks per video anyway so it's super cheap and it's, really cheap. it's easy and it's the best way to worship me yeah yeah <laughs> have you have you um felt that you maybe have gotten like um i don't want to call it a superiority complex uh-huh, but like uh-huh. from so many people calling you goddess yeah. like yeah um, that is a very good question, actually. Does it affect my ego? Does it make me, uh, does it put me in a world where I think I truly am a goddess? I want to just, mm-hmm. I want to just kind of take a stab at this. Yeah. You, you seem so humble for being people called like a goddess. You seem like it doesn't really shoot you that far, yeah. but I feel like professionally, yeah. I might just be like projecting this yeah. on you, but this is kind of what I'm getting, yeah. so please. I think, I think... Um, because I separate myself from my work self, 
Sure, the goddess can be, you, you can worship her, you can worship Astro Domine, you can like, you know, she has a superiority complex, for sure, <laughs> because this superiority complex attracts the clientele. And can you imagine a dominatrix who's so timid and so shy mm. and doesn't know how to speak up for herself? She definitely has, Astro Domina definitely has a superiority complex. Meanwhile, Senior Max Lee is just, an island girl. Yeah. <laughs> who just loves to have a good time. Yeah. And who likes to be by the beach and likes to hang out with friends and eat good food, you know, and do mushroom trips. <laughs> yeah. So I separate Talk about that. I, have, I have to separate these two personas. Otherwise, if I mix them both, it'll drive me nuts. I can imagine. Um, it's the only way for me to keep myself sane. Do your clients respect? Mm-hmm. that separation yes they do I tell them that look you can't you can't just message me out of nowhere you have to respect the fact that um, uh, we met in my work world and you're gonna message me at these times only if you really want to get to know me more then um, you gotta spend more money you know stuff like that I'm so not. yeah have you ever dealt with any like shaming because shaming? of your profession other than, other other than, than family? from your family, yes. Uh, other than from your family. Like, if you were to say, like, you said you had events and stuff like that. If you yeah. were to go to, like, an event and mm-hmm. someone asked you what you did for a living and you uh-huh. said, I'm a professional dominatrix, yeah. you know, like... Anyone ever shamed me for it? Man, you know, no one's ever done it. No one's ever... Smart choice. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever... I'm, I'm trying to think if anyone's ever tried to shame me for being a dominatrix. No. Not even with my vanilla friends. They would never bring it up and like question my morality around it. Because um, I feel like that would be, you know, shaming in a sense. Yeah. Um, well, then in that case, they just they just wouldn't be able to empathize. Yeah, you know? exactly. No, no one. I mean, plus we're in a day and age where everyone's like much more open minded. Yeah. Um, you know, sexuality is more accepted more than anything. So, yeah, no one's ever done it. That's They're awesome. Not. That's good, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like if, if you tell someone that you're a professional, you're a professional at being dominant, that's mm-hmm. literally like, I can't shame you because yeah. you're going to fucking ruin me. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to ruin me, so I'm just going to not. <laughs> oh, okay, so before we talk about what you're about to go do, can we just talk mm-hmm. about your closet? Oh, yeah. Because I saw a video of your shoes. Yeah. And they like floor to ceiling, yeah. like side to side. You couldn't even the like, yeah. camera angle couldn't even get all yeah. of them. Yeah, <laughs> so I have a, I because I have a lot of um, work clothes. These are work clothes. Um, I have to keep them organized, otherwise I can't function in a day <laughs> trying to film stuff. And so I I have an entire I have an entire room dedicated just for my work clothes. Um, and so I have, in one side, it's just a wall of shoes. And then when you enter my, that room, it looks like a shopping, it's like, it looks like a, a boutique. I love uh, it. Clothes boutique, yeah. I'm, I'm going to start <laughs> You crying. should come visit. I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. I was actually planning on being in Seattle um, the next year. I have yeah. a class planned, or a class lined up, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully there's going to be a, an event happening there. But regardless, yeah. I'll be in Seattle next yeah. year. I would love to come, come see. Come find me, yeah. I will do so. Yeah. So you have to go because you are going to 
shaman <laughs> and mushroom trip? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to lead a bunch of my friends on this psychedelic trip. Uh, we're going to, I'm not taking anything because I want to be, you know, present and I want to be there for them. Um, and I want to, you know, provide drinks or food and make sure that no one's going, uh, having a bad trip. Yeah. So, because I've experienced it in the past and they, they all collectively voted for me to lead this experience. So hey, I'm like, hey man, yeah, let's do it. That's yeah, awesome. And yeah. you all just happen to be on the island yeah. at the same time. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty fortunate. Yeah, I and this is the best place to trip. I'm not gonna lie. This is the best place to trip. Yeah. Oh, I'll keep that in mind. It's like good weather, um, just good energy, good vibes, yeah. plus, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Philippines and Hawaii reminds me so much of the Philippines, so that's perfect. I'm I'm happy to be having this conversation with you oh, in a yeah. comfortable setting. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, anytime. Honestly, I just want to describe this. Not only are we in a comfortable setting, but we're saying this is an Airbnb that yeah, you're in. Yeah, it's an Airbnb, yeah. I can't even describe what I'm looking at. I'm looking at like a beautiful, beautifully <laughs> crafted home. This home had to be built by yeah. architectures or designers mm-hmm. like that are living here. But we're in a separated mm-hmm. room from the house and... The entire wall, it's just a bedroom, but all the walls are windows. Mm-hmm. And you look out and you can see the outdoor kitchen. You can see the in-ground pool. There's mm-hmm. palm trees. Mm-hmm. And then you see the rest of the house, which is it's all contemporary style. Yeah. It's all cement and wood. And the door, I'm like, just, I'm like <laughs> awestruck by the door handles. They're just like these <laughs> big, too. these big pucks of wood. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. So... The only reason why I picked this spot are two things. Um, one was the grand piano, and two because the owners. Uh, this used to be their grandparents' um, home, and they uh, created this into this. Just it looks, it feels so flowy. It feels so inviting to be here. It is very. Um, and we had to quarantine for fourteen days in Hawaii, so. If I'm going to quarantine, it better be in a house where I can see myself and being stuck for yeah. 14 days. And this was it. So, yeah, I, I chose this home. I had quarantine the yeah. rest of my life in here. This is the most amazing. I know. It's, it's so beautiful. cool. Yeah. You can just see the sky from here and, like, just, you know, daydream. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was talking to Christine and I was like, so you just, you just sleep right here. And then when you wake up, you're just staring at the sky. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, I tried to, to sleep with the, the doors open one night because yeah. just to get the breeze and stuff, yeah. but I was eaten by bugs. And I'm like, well, <laughs> the, the, the doors are just giant panes of glass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. I know. It's fine. Anyway, and there's AC in here, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. I, I love this place. Yeah. It's, just, it's so sad because I'm leaving in two weeks. Oh, nuts. Yeah. I have to go back. I can't stay here forever. Well, maybe I'll stay a, l- a little longer next time. Yeah, know, for three, definitely. Three so months, maybe. Would you ever consider moving your profession here, or is it just not accessible? <sighs> you know, as much as I would like to say yes, most of my clientele uh, is based out of Seattle, um, East Coast, um, and there's just not a whole lot of... Uh, I guess action here in Hawaii because everyone's outdoors. Yeah, you know. So yeah. Do yeah. you have to like, or I shouldn't say, do you have to? But have you found it beneficial to like move where your clientele are? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, it it um, 
how do I explain it? Um, since I do a lot of in-person sessions, I it's hard for me to move to Hawaii. I would love to, yeah, you know, but um, considering that a lot of the the money that you make is based out of where you live, um, I can't just like give that up right away. Yeah. So I'm kind of doing a, a slow transition. I'm gonna try and move back and forth from Hawaii um, three months out at a time. Right now I'm doing like, I'm doing it on monthly increments, but um, next time I come back, I'll probably stay for a good three months and yeah. see how that's like. If I don't like it, then hey, I still have my home in Seattle. If I like it, then you know I might stay another six months or whatever. So yeah, we'll see. That's so we'll see. cool. You might see more of me. I would really <laughs> hope so. I would really hope so. And, like you just seem really at home here, so yeah. I would, I would, it would sadden me that you oh. wouldn't be able yeah. to spend enough time here, as much time as you'd like, because your profession doesn't allow for it. Yeah. But you have such a flexible profession. Yeah, yeah, that's You true. know, so yeah. maybe who knows. Um, but time will tell. Where can people find you if they wanna they wanna find you? So if people wanna find me, they can Google the word Astro Domina on Google. Yes. Obviously, um, social media is the same: Twitter Astro Domina, Instagram Astro Domina. All of the popular, I guess, porn sites out there, Pornhub, same Astro Domina, and um, everything will will you know show from there. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mentioning Pornhub, you reminded me. Um, I was yeah. looking at your Pornhub yesterday, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the fucking comment section is so hot. <laughs> like, it is so funny. There was this comment. This guy commented, how can I make a session, goddess Astrodomina? I've wanted her to sit on my face for years and years. This is one of my bucket list items. Get face sat by goddess Astrodomina. <laughs> like, come the fuck on. That's got to be the most rewarding that, read. Yeah, I. That's, that's so funny. That is the first time I've ever seen that comment. No. I've ever heard of that comment. I should check my comment section more. God. It, I just uh, If I you guess, just need to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or just, like, feel like... You know, if you're just feeling bad, bad and you wanna, yeah, you want to like. Just gotta read the comments, dude. People on their bucket list, they want you to yeah. sit on their face. No, it's so crazy. Come on, isn't that crazy? Like, I'm thinking about it, like, whoa, really? Whoa, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how I respond sometimes in my brain. That's gotta be so like <laughs> nuts. Yeah, thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. I let you leave, though, do you mm-hmm. have any just general advice? For people listening yeah my advice would be from from my core self is never kill your kink never try and stop yourself from something that feels so natural because if you do um, it'll backfire and I think the best way to approach your kink is to approach it with moderation you know, don't overdo it, but also don't underdo it. Um, incorporate it in your life where um, it feels natural. You know, so it doesn't um, disrupt other uh, departments in your life. Yeah, that's what that would be my ultimate advice. Never stop being kinky. <laughs> I, I love it. I feel it on a very visceral level. Good. Thank you so much for taking You're time. You're very welcome. I'm very so welcome I'm so like excited. I was screaming at my friends. Like, <laughs> you guys, you'll never get to an interview. So just, thank you so much for all of this. You're I really appreciate welcome. it. You're very welcome. Yeah. No all right. Problem. Well, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs>
Sounds good.